You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, and welcome to the second episode of the 2019 Dragon Con Con Report. It is now less than 200 days until Dragon Con weekend. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting with, of course, Director Mike Faber. Less than 200 days already? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't my believe God. I can't believe we're in mid-February already. I know. It's been the longest year already, so... And this is a short month. February is going to be over before I, uh, before this episode comes out, probably. I wouldn't um, put it there. <laughs> uh, Darren Noel is back with us, of course. Howdy, everybody. What's up? Howdy, sir. How are things with you? Things are just ducky, swimming right along. Absolutely. As far as uh, as far as Dragon Con goes, uh, the, the two hundred day mark is that? Uh, a, a I, I bought my badge. <laughs> Oh, did yeah, you? So I've made progress. So, so you are definitely <laughs> yeah, going. I'm, I'm going. Absolutely. I was always going. It was just like, oh, I should really do that. And then, of course, I would start drinking. And then, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do it. So, gotcha. sobered you up. Just, for you were just January, January, January and, and quasi dry February. So that's the that's the ongoing training the hero diet today. So I'm going to be really cranky in a few days. <laughs> really cranky. Okay. So I'm so glad we're recording I, this now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good good plan. Good plan. We also have Mary Lou Who back with us. I'm back. What's up? Yay! <laughs> I'm so sorry I missed out with you guys last week. I hope everything went really smoothly. Absolutely. But we did miss you. I missed you guys, too. Yeah, we got so many letters. I'm so glad you're back. Oh, that's what a girl likes to hear. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, letters. How, now, letters. Uh, we got letters. Hope. <laughs> so how have how have you been prepared? Are you in any sort of preparation for Dragon Con mode at all? No, no, I'm sure not. <laughs> uh, you know, I know I should be. Um, I'm I'm starting to think about what I might want to make for the year, but I haven't actually gotten started on like buying anything or working on anything. So hopefully soon. Awesome. You know, you guys ask us this every year and every <laughs> year, like, and we're no. like, "No." Hey, this is, you know you, can't, you 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 can't assume, and also you know just remember you know this episode, every episode we do is someone listening to it for the first time. That's true. It's true. That's true. It's if, true. But I, go back and listen to the archives, people. We're still not we're not ready until like ready. June, and then we're like in full panic mode. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did move house though. I moved house in November and I have a sewing room now. So hopefully that'll inspire me to do a little more sewing where I can, you know, have some space instead of taking over the living room. So speaking of which, this is one thing that just occurred to me because I don't think we've ever talked about this and really quick, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but do you, um, do each of you have anything in your house that like, is 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 says Dragon Con? Do you have your badges hanging anywhere? Do you have any poster art or any like any like your? Do you have the programs put somewhere? 
Um, yeah, I do have the programs on a bookshelf, so I guess that's not the most prominent thing. Uh, but I've got a bit of carpet and um, my badges. You named it all. Mm-hmm. Where did, so you have what you you have a piece of the carpet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to get it Is framed. That- it's just kind of like out. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, there, I bought I that on the on like eBay or something because I was yeah. one of those chumps Fragment that of carpet you know, didn't from get in there right in the because I would imagine dig. Should I move? I I know I probably would have at least one or maybe two totes that would just say Dragon Con stuff. I don't have that much. I have stuff that I get from Dragon Con, but I don't like have anything like I've got a Dragon Con T-shirt. I think everybody probably has one or two of those kicking around somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I don't have like the badges anywhere or um any of that type of stuff that I hang on to year after year, because I've been going since like it began, I'd have to have a room that yeah. to dragon con. And I, I can't do that with comic books. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> like I keep so much of that online, you know, like all my photos being on Facebook mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff, totally. like so much of that is documented online instead of in my house. Like I see, Oh, I, I got this, uh, this, uh, sword at like my keyblade. I bought a Sora's keyblade at dragon con. Ooh, but it doesn't have Dragon Con on it, so you know. Eh, still, it's a it reminds me of Dragon Con, but it's not Dragon Con, you know. Exactly, exactly, itself. yeah, yeah. Maybe an idea for a future topic. So, uh, but uh, yes, kind of along the lines that we talked about last last month, where you know, keeping the Dragon Con spirit all year round. You mean like hoarding? <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> yes. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. How many I knew that's where he was alighting. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> on on this episode of Hoarders. Triggered. Someone is triggered. <laughs> awesome. Well, Remember, I can edit you out of the show. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Faber, feel free. <laughs> uh, we also have a guest. I wasn't talking about you, Darren. No. Oh, oh, sorry. We also have a guest with us today. Joining us for the first time in way too long a time is Chris Lloyd, a.k.a. Crispy. Welcome back, sir. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? All right. And yourself? How you been? I am great. Just uh, getting ready for uh, Dragon Con 2020. Yes. That's how far ahead we are, right? Yeah. <laughs> are, are, you, are you serious? Are you really, like, that far ahead where you're planning for stuff for next year? I, but, like, during an active year i'm already looking ahead to the next year wow now now for those people who may not be you know hip to what you do but tell us a little bit about you know yeah yeah so uh my uh gig at the convention is uh i mean it's fairly unique and i kind of built it from the ground up i i do celebrity interviews i sit down with famous people and i have conversations with them and these are conversations that you don't get in panels it's just, hey, what geeky stuff are you into? Let's geek out about it. And I love the guests who are like, I'm not into nerdy stuff, but I'm into this. I'm like, well, let's talk about that. And uh, like with Catherine Tate, we talked about uh, British comedy and Steve Coogan for like 10 minutes because that's what we do. That's awesome. But I also moderate my share of panels now and uh, return to hosting the parade as well. So if you turn on Dragon Con TV, I'm sorry, you've seen me. Now, are, are, you, uh, are you considered like part of the inner circle of dragon con i mean i don't think officially no right. because i you know i'm not one of the actual staffers for the convention because you know we're two thousand volunteers with a core staff of I'm pulling it up out of thin air like 10 or 12 right but i am definitely very close to them and i report to the to them directly so gotcha 
Well, we are very happy to have you with us, sir. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, all. We also have segments this week uh, featuring Jennifer Adams from the Blurred Nerds podcast, as well as writer James Palmer is joining us. That's going to be fun. That's uh, later on the show. Uh, We are a proud member of the ESO Network. So be sure to check out uh, at the our Amazon. There's an Amazon. Uh, if you go to Amazon, you can get stuff. But how does that set up, Mike? Because it's like there's a is there a link that they can go to? Of course there is. There's always a link. It's kind of interesting because you can either go to, to the link right on the top of the ESO Network website, or you can also just go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. Right, because yes, uh, there's uh, Amazon. You can support us through Amazon. You can support us through. We still have the T Public Store, right? Yes, we do. We have so, both of those, and you could find different ways to get there through the website. And we have banner ads on all the different pages, ex- you know, except for the front page. That'll be back. We're going through a redesign. We should have a sign on the top, you know, under construction or something like that. But we will have it, little banner ads all, all over the site right now for Amazon and for TeePublic. And we even have new TeePublic t-shirts. It's pretty darn awesome. Well, and we also have, as you alluded to, uh, Patreon, the ESO Network Patreon page, which we are a big part of. Uh, a lot of the programming at DragonCon that we participate in, we record and make it available to uh, patrons only. So you definitely want to check that out. And uh, we appreciate any support that you can give us. We exactly. For as little as 25 cents a week. Yes. And you just started a new thing with the patrons, right? With the That's ESO. right. For anyone who subscribes to our patron, there is a brand new podcast exclusive only to our patrons. It's called, ready for this, the ESO Network Riffs. That's right. It's going to come to you monthly, and it's going to be friends of the show, different hosts from different podcasts, all joining us to talk about, you know, and riffing on different movies. The first episode is out as of last week, and we did the 1989 Batman movie featuring Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. And I can be one of the first ones to tell you right here that in the second episode, which is coming to you in March, we are going to be doing Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's perfect for the Khan report. I thought it was. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So, yes, uh, please check out our Patreon. And, uh, yes, again, we appreciate any support. Uh, if you would like to leave feedback for us or just comment on a show, please call our feedback line at 404-963-9057 uh, or feel free to email us at dragonconreport at esonetwork.com. Okay, now let's get started. Not a huge lot of news. Well, there's a huge lot of guest announcements, and we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But uh, one of the things that I really wanted to talk about uh, was the DragonCon Superheroes, which we've talked about before. Uh, they had an event this past weekend at Open Hand Atlanta. And, Chris, I understand that you were there, correct? Yes, I was. So uh, tell us a little bit about the, about what happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So um, for those who don't know, the DragonCon Superheroes is a volunteers. And actually, people who aren't, don't even volunteer for DragonCon, we get together a few times a year and we provide some kind of community service. Sometimes it's in reference to our charity of the year, things like that. Uh, so this Saturday, uh, we met at a place uh, called Open Hand Atlanta. And Open Hand Atlanta is a fantastic or- organization who basically packages meals and provides it to those in need. Um, as someone who grew up a recipient of such things at some point in my life, I was very, very thankful to be able to give back in this way. 
And I'm thankful to DragonCon for the opportunity to do that. So we showed up Saturday and we, you know, we'd already had to sign up for our basic jobs and things like that. And we all just got together and did work. There was a whole large people packing and sealing lunches, uh, like more traditional kind of like modern day plastic bento boxes. I was responsible for packing vegetables. Uh, another group was packing fruit. And then we did a whole bunch of uh, inventory and things like that. Uh, when all was said and done, we packed over 1,400 meals that day. Whew. In addition to 155 pantry bags, vegetable bags, and fruit bags. So it was, excuse me, it was a lot of great meal uh, just prepping that day. And, and it was just fantastic work in an organization who was very happy to be able to provide that for us. They were very happy we were there. Yeah, I did see that they posted on social media that they were really appreciative. Uh, they mentioned, yes, the the 14, I think they've been 1429 meals and 1429 and 150 or so uh, baskets, uh, basket bags. Yeah. So it was a, it was a big day. And we did all of that, honestly, in the span of like three hours. Wow. You know, I, I don't know the exact kind of how many volunteers we had, um, but it was a lot of volunteers. When, when DragonCon provides a volunteer service the people for whom we're volunteering are never really prepared for how many people are about to show up and help them now uh so it was it's, it's the good kind of overwhelming now i have to ask do people come in costume no no because we're there to do the service now but what we do is right. we do all wear a dragon con shirt uh but yeah no costumes just get in the way right so. no i would imagine but so. that being said there was an event last year uh literacy uh in action uh, that we volunteered with and we had a graduation ceremony for people. And because it was a graduation ceremony, like in a park, it was like a fun little fair event. We actually did have people in costume there so people could get pictures with like Batman and Wonder Woman and people like that. That's so cool. It's, it's really nice to hear uh, that the organizers of the convention, like go that extra mile and, 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 you know, take care of the community. Yeah, I mean, the community gives so much to us. This is one of those, this is the least we can do in kind. Now, you know, it's all about bettering the world around us. Now, so. I take it you've been to many of the superhero uh, events? This one and uh, this one, and then the, the Literacy in Action one last year. Gotcha. I always try to do at least one, but we do three a year. Um, and it's just, uh, sometimes just the scheduling doesn't work out, but we always have a huge amount of turnout. Do you have uh, knowledge of when the next one is? I do, but I don't have that handy. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I was not prepared for this. No, it's fine. Um, let me do a quick search. But I know that like we, we this is our second one of of the year. Uh, so we typically do one every couple of months. And um, let's see here. I'm going to time. Know, uh, I, go, go, go. Yeah, I was going to say, do you like so? If someone wanted to participate with the superheroes. Um, I think that there's a link on the dragoncon.org site, correct? Yes, there is, there is. And and I don't know immediately of more events coming. I'm actually looking at my calendar now. I know there is another event, but I I don't have it in email right now. So, but definitely get to the dragoncon.org website, look for the Seapro Hero link and just sign up because it's like this is not just volunteers for the convention. I was in my in my little group of people as we packed vegetables, getting to know them, find out where some of them come from them. Some of them are former volunteers. Some of them were partners of volunteers. Some of them were just sons of volunteers. I mean, it wasn't just volunteers. It was just people getting involved under the DragonCon banner, which is excellent. Very nice. Uh, I am actually on the DragonCon Superheroes part of their website. 
course, they list the first event, which was the dog park mulching and park maintenance, mm-hmm. uh, which That's was great. on November 3rd of last year. Then event number two, supporting Open Hand Atlanta, which just happened. And event number three is completely TBA. So <laughs> yes. it is being worked on. So, so yes, uh, watch this space, uh, check the official site, check the Facebook group for Dragon Con, because I'm sure they'll have more information about it there. And as we find out more information, we will report on it here on this show as well. So, so, but very cool. Well, um, awesome that you took part in that. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm happy to do this kind of work. So, and, and those of you listening, get involved. We'll see you there. Absolutely. That's great. Um, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, like I said, um, one of the big, most of the news that's come out in the last, uh, I'd say, month since we recorded our last episode is a wave, a huge wave of guest announcements. So, without further ado, Mike and Mary, take it away. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir, Mr. Mike. It's actually you know, great honor to be here, to be able to do this with Mary once again. Uh, For those who don't know and haven't listened to the show before, if you got newbies and such, we do this little guest list. And some of these names are almost impossible to read, at least straight. So what Mary and I recommend, you know, quite heartily, is when we mess up a name, take a shot of your favorite drink. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it's a really good idea. Exactly. <laughs> and get nine one one on hold. Exactly. <laughs> these lists sometimes can get kind of long. Are, are you suggesting they're training for Dragon Con now? Exactly. Yes, You're absolutely. Living, That's oh, right. You gotta get ready. Your livers. the liver. All right. right. <laughs> Have livers. Will travel. You know. So Mary's going to start the list from the bottom. All right. Here we go. Lolly DeRosier, a.k.a. Adverbia, is a science teacher and educational advocate who promotes youth involvement in science through writing, sci-art, and science outreach, tackling themes of science and diversity in pop culture. Awesome. E.J. Butler is a novelist who includes witchy eyes and sequels from barren books the kidnap plot and sequels to knopf and the city of saints from woodwell fire press michael z williamson is a multiple best-selling award-winning author and editor in science fiction and the number one amazon bestseller in political humor all right get your first drink ready <laughs> thomas e Stakazi is a new york times best-selling author of books for adults children and teens Astronomer Bill Keel, author of The Sky at Einstein's Feet and The Road to Galaxy Formation, has appeared at Dragon Con since 2004. He hosts the annual overnight live astronomy sessions and has spoken on cosmology, uh, extrasolar planets, and citizen discovery in astronomy. Bethany Brookshire is a neuroscientist and an award-winning science writer and video host at Science News. She's written for multiple publications and hosts the pop podcast science for the people dave west is a writer interviewer and podcaster who hosts game shows wrestling events and rock star concerts as his alter ego phantom troublemaker (laughs) that guy (laughs) (laughs) rr varati is a two-time dragon award nominee author for best fantasy he writes two multiple award-nominated urban fantasy series the Shepherd of Light Space Western series and Monster Slayer Online. 
Daniel Orrit is the presenter of the popular science fiction web series Space Doc, which currently boasts 140,000 subscribers and almost 25 million viewers as of October 2018. God, that would be great to have those kind of numbers. God, <laughs> I would love that's those. That's a lot of, lot of views. Yeah. Rob Roberts is the internet broadcasting veteran and co-creator of the Orange Lounge Radio the longest running weekly show about video games online since 2002. Wow. James Palmer is an award nominated writer of science fiction, pop culture, steampunk, space opera, and more. And we'll be joining us in just a little bit. I was going to say, and a guest (laughs) on this show. Bill Mulligan works as a special effects technician, writer, director, actor, and producer. He is a contributing writer to gruesome magazine and the decades of horror podcast. Tara Lynn is an author, event planner, fandom, and geek culture expert and political public speaker. She founded Ice and Fire Con and hosts the webcast Feelings with the Geekiary. And she'll be on our podcast probably later in the year because she's a cosplayer also and she has to be on the show. Awesome. Astrophysicist Steph Lamassa works at the Space Telescope Science Institute on NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. Her research focuses on the growth and evolution of supermassive black holes. Dr. Roy Kilgard is an astrophysicist who researches black holes in nearby galaxies with an emphasis on intermediate mass black holes, an enigmatic class of objects whose origins are unclear. Chris Kennedy is a Dragon Awards finalist, sci-fi fantasy author, speaker, and small press publisher. Chris Kennedy has also written 20 books and published more than 50 others. Stuart Jaff is the prolific madman behind the Nathan Kay thrillers, the Max Porter Paranormal Mysteries, the Parallel Society novels, the Malja Chronicles, the Bluesman, Real Magic, and much more. You guys, I think I'm already drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I I have such a hard time reading the italicized words. I don't know why. Tony P. Henderson is the creator-producer of numerous podcasts, including his flagship show, The Geek vs. Podcast, which spans over 250 episodes over the past five years. Gamer, geek, and writer Rick Gualtieri is the author of two over two dozen novels, including the best-selling Tome of Bill horror comedy series. Friend of the network, Michael Faulkner is a writer and podcaster who runs the Timestamp Project. He is a host of the weekly Podophiacs, as well as Who's the Doctor Talking Outside the Box. I was about to say, ladies and gentlemen out there, while you're listening, I'm getting completely blitzed. If you would like to give to the Hooked on Phonics Fund for Mike and Mary, we'll be happy to take your donations. There are, there are operators standing by. Thank you. Kevin Eldridge produces and hosts the Flopcast, a weekly pop culture comedy podcast. He is also an author of sci-fi stories, an organizer for Boston Skeptics, and a comedy musician. And a member of the ESO Network. (laughs) Ryan Consul is an acclaimed theorist of science fiction. He consulted on such titles as The Science of Game of Thrones and has spoken at many events. Kevin Batchelder has been podcasting about genre TV and movies since 2005. His podcasts have won four Parsec Awards in the Best Fan Podcast category. Of course, we love Kevin, and he will be joining us at some point this year. He's, uh, he's not forgotten. Nope. You newbies out there, this is the man to look for. He helps run the newbie group, and he and Michael Faulkner, actually, who we talked about earlier, and also Sue Kissenwell and... 
others help do some amazing tours uh, pre Dragon Con, and they help you, you know, learn where everything is, and you know, because Dragon Con's massive, and we'll talk all about that later. But the newbie group, if you are new to the con, go to the Facebook group; they're definitely worth checking out. Eric R. Asher is the author of the Visk Urban Fantasy series, Steamborn Young Adult Steampunk series, the Mason Dixon Monster Hunter, and Havenwood Falls Redemption's End. Thomas Mariani is a writer and host of the podcast Double Edged Double Bill. He is a born geek with a bit of nerd mixed in there. J.C. Delatore is a screenwriter, award-winning filmmaker, and a voice actor. Delatory co-wrote, produced, and directed Seekers of the Lost World and created the animated series Star Mage. Jean Marie Ward writes fiction, nonfiction, and everything in between. Her credits include a multi-award nominated novel, two popular art books, and editing crescentblues.com. Scott Sutherland is a meteorologist and science writer with Canada's The Weather Network, where he is an expert regarding weather, climate change, space weather, astronomy, space exploration, and science. Sherry Priest is the author of two dozen books and novellas, most recently The Agony House, Family Plot, and The YA Project, I Am Princess X. Jonathan Mayberry is a New York Times bestselling author, five times Bram Stoker award winner, and comic book writer. He writes the Joe Ledger thriller, the Rot and Ruin series, the Night Slider series of the Dead Night series, as well as the standalone novels in multiple genres. Rob Levy is a pop culture writer, blogger, podcaster, and contributor to needcoffee.com, englotopia.net, and other websites. Since 1995, he has hosted Juxtaposition on KDHX Radio. Another friend of the network. Lucas Hernandez is a lead educator at the Florida Aquarium. His programs use pop culture as a medium for education. He is a co-host of the Science of Pokemon podcast. Uh, professor, astronomer, education researcher, maker of tiny comets, and all-around geek, Dr. Nicole Gugliucci has made her mission to study and share the universe. Keith R.A. DeCandido has written an appalling amount of fiction, both in 30-plus media tie-in universes from Alien to Zorro and worlds of his own creation in fictional cities, of Cliffs End and Superior City, some of which are real cities of New York and Key West. I think I'm going to have to tap out now. Patricia Briggs is the best-selling author of the Mercy Thompson series and the Alpha and Omega series. Bobby Blackwolf is the co-owner of Voices of the Geek Network podcast network and has hosted a live internet radio show and podcast about video games since 2005. Michael Bailey has hosted or co-hosted such projects as Views from the Long Box, From Crisis to Crisis, Overlooked Dark Knight, It All Comes Back to Superman, and Bailey's Batman podcast. Trisha J. Woodridge writes about short stories, novelettes, and poetry that occasionally win awards. (laughs) 
Sue Kiesenweather has been podcasting about sci-fi TV and movies since 2010. She currently co-hosts Women at Warp on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Charlie Kaufman has worked in excessively in environmental consulting and academia, where he studied coastal erosion and natural disaster impacts. Ed Brisson is a comic book writer who first started to garner attention with his self-published crime series, Murder Book, and the crime time travel thriller series, Comeback. He's written and co-created four other series published by Image, Shelter, The Field, The Mantle, and The Violent. Timothy Zahn is the author of 12 Star Wars books, soon to be 13, and the Cobra, Quadrille, and Dragon Box series. Greg Tremblay is the award-winning narrator of over 200 audiobooks in diverse genres, bringing beginner favorites to life for Disney, Audible Studios, Harlequin, Valentine, Hatchet, and more. Chuck Tomasi has been producing and hosting several podcasts since 2004. His passion for creating podcasts directly benefit his professional career where he creates audio and video content. Kim Stedman is a system engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Currently, she is a tactical uplink lead for the Curiosity rover and a science system engineer for the Mars 2020 rover. Author Heather Nest has taught the psychology of superheroes and the psychology of video game courses, hosts the podcast and website Super Psych, and speaks at conventions in the Atlanta area. RM... Melich's first novel was published when she was 19 years old. She's pretty sure she has never written a novel in which she didn't blow something up. Okay. I'm not going to read this next one because it's kind of like <laughs> egotistical of me. I'll read it for you. Thanks, Mary. Mike Faber is the founder and CCO of the geeky and ever-expanding ESO Network. He hosts the Earth Station One and Earth Station Who podcasts. He teaches and mentors new podcasters on starting and producing new projects. The ESO Network celebrates all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. James Burns is a graphic designer, <laughs> illustrator, and comic artist. He creates autobiographical comics, notably his long-running Grumble series. Jared, the yard sale artist, Albrick, is the creator of the comic book Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. He is also a trading card artist for Marvel and Upper Deck. Corrine Roberts writes and illustrates the ongoing webcomic series Out and About. She has written, illustrated Trip to Trekka and Imaginary Sea 123. When not wandering around the con, starstruck... <laughs> award-winning author Bobby Nash writes novels, comic books, short stories, graphic novels, and more. Woo! Nash is a member of the International Association know, right? of Media Tie-In Writers and an international and international thriller writers. 2019 will be his 31st Dragon Con. We've got to let that guy out of the airlock more often. <laughs> he doesn't do enough. Jim Butcher is the author of the Dresden Files, the Codex Alaria and a new steampunk series, The Cinder Spires. His resume includes a laundry list of skills which were useful a couple of centuries ago, and he currently plays guitar quite badly. Stormy Mystique, the renegade raven, is an accomplished woman of many trades as a gamer, cosplayer, aviation engineer, UAS pilot, model, commercial photographer, and soon-to-be author. Daniel Griffith is an award-winning documentary filmmaker specializing in cult film and television. 
He has also been the official documentarian for Mystery Science Theater 3000 for the past 10 years. Literary guest of honor Brandon Sanderson's novels are The Mistborn Books, The Stormlight Archive, which includes the Dragon Award-winning Oathbringer, and his most recent bestseller, The Rhythmatist, and Steelheart, among others. Roy Thomas, I am so looking forward to meeting this guy, is a legendary comic book writer and editor who was Stanley's first successor as the editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. He is known for co-creating some of the comics' greatest characters, such as Wolverine, Carol Danvers, Morbius, The Vision, Iron Fist, and Ultron. Wow. Dan Parent is a comic book artist and writer best known for his work on Archie Comics. He has also written and or illustrated for DC Comics, Marvel Comics, Felix the Cat Productions, Mattel, IDW, Boom, Valiant Comics, Chapter House Comics, and HarperCollins, to name just a few. Davey Bouchamp is an artist and librarian. His art has been used by BBC, BBC America, and Penguin UK for Doctor Who, Lots of Diners Productions, Falstaff Books, and Scald Crow Games. In her 49-year-long career, Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough has sold 97 books in 83 shorter works in many genres. She's best known for her St. Germain series of historical horror stories. Van Allen Plexico is a multi-award winning author of more than 20 novels, including the Sentinel superhero novel series and the Shattering Space Opera series. Rebecca Moesta has written novels include in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Junior Jedi Knight series. And with husband Kevin J. Anderson, she wrote the Crystal Doors trilogy and 14 Young Jedi Knights novels. Rick Goldschmidt has been the official Rankin-Bass producer's back. Rankin Bass Productions historian, biographer for over 30 years, and has authored six books. He has worked with producers Arthur Rankin Jr., who produced Thundercats, Rudolph the Reindeer, The Hobbit, and many more. Gigi Edgley is an internationally renowned actress. Edgley has started, excuse me, starred in countless films and television series, including Farscape, Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, FX's Feud, USA's The Starter Wife, Kringle Time, Ayunati, Diminuendo, Sci-Fi's Showdown at Area 51. Jason Bowman is the director of game design at Pazio Inc. He was the creator of the Pathfinder tabletop role-playing game and the team leader behind the second edition. Over his 20 years career, Jason has written dozens of books and articles for Pazio, Wizards of the Coast, Mafias, and more. And that is it. Woo! I need a drink. You're cute. Stop looking in the mirror, Darren. I like this. We can do this more often. It's fun. All right. Thanks, Mike and Barry. Now that we're all lubed up, uh, <laughs> it's time for the uh, group discussion. So uh, I'm going to let uh, you guys rest your pipes for a little bit. But um, yeah, the, the group discussion this week's topic or this month's topic, I should say, is um, going to Dragon Con solo. And I'll, I'll let you I'll talk a little bit about the inspiration for this topic. Um, two things. One is uh, an article uh, that I recently saw in the website Paste. 
pastemagazine.com uh, by Annie Black. And I'm going to give her a lot of credit. Uh, she wrote an article called Surviving Your First Convention, Five Do's and Five Don'ts from a First-Time Con Attendee. Last year, she attended uh, the basically last year was the first time she attended Dragon Con. It was her first convention ever. And uh, then she decided to write some. And it's a pretty decent article. Uh, it sounds like she had a lot of fun. And I'm not at all putting her on the spot or calling her out uh, by saying this. But one of the things that struck me uh, that she posted as far as don't. Um, I mean, she had, uh, uh, you know, don't forget to drink water, which we've always said, right? Don't miss the parade. She loves the parade. So that's a pretty cool uh, idea. But one of the things she said was, uh, um, don't go by yourself, at least for the first time. Uh, she says, conventions are overwhelming. And if you don't have a buddy, you might not enjoy it. There were 80,000 people at DragonCon last year. And being around that many people seemingly having a blast can be lonely if you're by yourself. But of course, if you are alone, you always have the opportunity for the, for the next point, which her next point was do make friends. So now um, I thought that was kind of an odd point to make. Um, uh, and then I was talking separately to another friend uh, just recently. And he has never been to DragonCon. And I asked him, I'm like, do you have uh, any questions about Dragon Con or is there like any information that I could give you about, you know, cause he's thought about it, but he said to me, he's like, well, the big thing about Dragon Con is that I just don't have anybody to go with. And I don't know how many people like out there stop uh, coming to Dragon Con or, or decide not to come to Dragon Con or do that kind of thing because they don't have someone to share it with. And you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, issues with uh, that are personal that, that, that decision has to go into making that decision. Uh, What kind of personality you have and that kind of thing. But I'm sort of interested is in, you know, despite the fact that it's a huge convention and there's 80,000 people there, do you think that Dragon Con is like solo person friendly? Do you think that Dragon Con does uh, things that, that, should encourage people to come by themselves or, or not. Um, and, and since, uh, Chris, you're our guest here, uh, what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that? So it's always been a hard question for me to answer because of my position with the convention. I've been doing it for 19 years and I've only volunteered and I've always been in a position where uh, I can just kind of walk into rooms and do things. Right. But, but I am someone who suffers from anxiety uh, especially in dealing with large crowds. Uh, so it is weird that Dragon Con is my happy place, right? Um, so it is very easy as someone who has been going solo the last couple of years again, uh, even though I'm working it, to to feel that that pressure and that, that weight uh, of these crowds. So I think for people like me in that position, it's important to have key locations scattered throughout the convention that you know that you can not necessarily retreat to, but let's say that, that you can go to, like, I know that this particular panel room, the puppetry track is a great example. It's centrally located. The, the, the stuff in there is always fantastic. It's not a huge room. Like I can always go into that corner and just kind of decompress while still enjoying things. So it's important to, to be aware uh, of the things because it's, it is, it is easy to get overwhelmed. I uh, I went to my first Dragon Con, um, you know, over twenty some years ago, and I went with my cousin, 
Uh, so we we shared in the experience. Um, there was a few years that he couldn't make it. Uh, in fact, I think the fourth year that we that I attended, uh, he couldn't make it. So I just went by myself. But by that time, I already kind of knew what Dragon Con was. I knew how to, uh, you know, navigate around. I knew, um, you know, and basically we, we didn't do a lot of socializing. We just kept to ourselves. We went to panels, we met celebrities, we kind of, you know, uh, shared, a, you know, take, take, took in the experience, um, and, uh, just had a great time. But, um, you know, it wasn't really as much of a social activity for us. Now, that was also when there was probably 50,000 less people there. <laughs> so so that that does make a difference. And, and uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if I'm one to judge about whether or not. You know, obviously, it's a personal decision. But I do think, you know, as far as Dragon Con goes, I do think they have enough programming and enough events that, you know, if you are interested in like if you're just interested in just sticking with it, one track room, you should be, as you pointed out, Chris, it, it, you should be kind of fine. That should be like a safe place for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much programming. Like I've honestly lost track of how many tracks we have throughout the years, but you know, it's a convention that there's a little something for everyone. Um, and we do what we can to guide people to it with the app, there are maps and things like that. But yeah, I mean, if, if, if it's overwhelming, just, Find those one or two things that are really important to you that it has consistent programming and, and, and stick there. Obviously, you don't have to stick the entire week there, but if that's comfortable for you, do it. I know people that just stay in one panel room as attendees, and that's the subject matter, and they love it. And I think that is great. But, you know, it, it's a big convention. There's a lot out, out there. So I do – it's one of the, the best places that I encourage people to push their limits in a, in a comfortable way because – there's a lot of great people from fans, from volunteers and things like that. And sure, 80,000 people, you're going to get some bad apples. That's, that's a given, right? But don't let them sour the experience because there's, there is so much there that, one, it's impossible to try to do everything in a single year, especially now with 80,000 people. It's kind of like a Disney trip in that regard. Um, you know, do a little research before you go, find those couple of things that you want to focus on. Don't plan too heavily unless that's your thing for a first timer. And then just kind of, kind of go into the flow and, and, and go where your energy takes you, if you will. Darren, what do you think? Well, I think if you're going to go to Dragon Con as solo, that's a classic cosplay. And and I think you'll sure. you'll look fine. Blaster. <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would avoid Young Solo because that movie didn't do well. Um, <laughs> well, well, I'm out. Yep. Well, it didn't do well. I mean, I, mm. well, neither that's did right, Ro- neither right. did Rocky Horror. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, time will tell. Uh, I, I say Solo Dragon Con is fine if you are completely an immersed geek and are okay with being able to go with the flow and find your bliss at dragon con and just follow it and ride that particular dragon all the way to Monday afternoon evening. Um, I think if you're going solo and you don't really have a focus, uh, like Chris said, of what you are into and what you want to do, dragon con can be overwhelming for someone, especially um, if they are there by themselves and have some social anxiety. Um, I think all geeks have some form, of social anxiety, awkwardness, that kind of thing. We kind of all have that as a little bit of our psyche flavor, I think, to a varying degrees. And some of us drop it at Dragon Con because, as you know, that's our tribe, right? 
right? And we're comfortable. We've been going for years and years and years, and we know everybody has that. So the, the geeks who have been going for ages are way more open and extroverted in that environment than they would ever be almost anywhere else. And I think that's part of the magic of Dragon Con. It lets you, once you get there and you're able to relax into the atmosphere, your um, all those anxieties tend to go away. If this is your first con and you're going, it is a lot of people. Um, and that's something to consider. Maybe go to a smaller con first. Um, the one that's really focused, like a specific comic book con or a specific anime con, uh, as opposed to diving into Dragon Con. I mean, bravo for, for going to Dragon Con first, because that's an act of bravery <laughs> in and of itself, I think. Um, but if you're if you're going solo and you don't have anyone to buddy up with um, through the whole weekend and you have no friends on the internet who are going to go with you, not not even like you know close personal friends you see in real life, but even on the internet, there's no one like if you're a gamer, I'd imagine there's some gamers coming to Dragon Con to, to game then just be aware that you are going to be able to make friends the second you get in line for registration if you want to. Just be open to that conversation that's going to happen with the people in front of you or the people behind you because they're going to be talking about something at some point that you're going to be able to chime in on a little bit. Just a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit, you know? And that opens up the door while you're waiting to get your badge, you know? And that kind of can take the nervousness out of it while you're waiting to get your badge and you can kind of relax and realize, Oh, and then you get into that big Gary in the Sheraton and you see people already wearing costumes. They don't have their badges yet. They're there. You see Spider-Man over there and you see, you know, she Hulk and you see Wonder Woman and you see Batman five times. Um, and, and the Deadpools all over the place, over the place and the Harleys and, and you can relax into what is an overwhelming experience for anyone. The first time, first time, I brought a friend to Dragon, and again, of course, he was with me a lot of the time, but then he went off on his own eventually, and he had his own experiences with Dragon Con, which is kind of what my group does. We arrive, we have the hotel together, we go do our own thing during the up at night for the parties. So I'm kind of solo during the day, but at night, we're kind of together as, as partiers. So um, that's just the vibe that works for me. Because someone's into Star Trek, I'm into comics. I'm going to go to the art show. They're going to go to the dealer's room. You know, we're we're doing different things. We've got groups that want to go to the parade every time. I'm like, I am sleeping through the parade. Thank you. I'll see it on TV. <laughs> um, uh, I'll see it on Dragon Con TV in a minute while I take my uh, five Tylenol and try to get over last night. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be up to the individual. Maybe start with a day pass. Maybe do a two day. You know, it's just up to their level of tolerance. And unfortunately, that's not something you know until you're going to get there and be in the environment. Yeah. I mean, certainly when I started going, it was a different experience than now. Mm -hmm. I mean, now, you know, with the internet and social media, with all the tracks being on Facebook and whatnot, you can, you can sort of, uh, sort of see people and intentively meet people. Wait months before yeah. you go there, and yeah, you might not like be best buds, but at least you'll be in an environment where you, you know can at least say hey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, didn't they say the first Dragon Con you could fit everyone who attended into like the Hyatt Centennial Ballroom? <laughs> I think that's so true. what's that like? Maximum four hundred, five hundred people maximum. <laughs> and now you can forget that you'll never get all the Dragon Con attendees under one roof ever, because the fire marshal will come. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, you just have to be open to the experience and 
embrace it and and do your best with it. If if you have those social anxiety issues, I have those, believe it or not, talking on podcasts all the time, you would think I don't. I have those issues. So if you have those issues, these are your people. You can come, you can make friends. Not every interaction is going to be a spectacular success. That's not how life works. But eventually you're going to run into people who you're going to be able to at least have a 10 minute conversation about supernatural or Buffy or Star Trek or Star Wars or something that's going to make your day. And maybe that's how little friendships get started. I agree with that completely. I'm the same way as you are, you know, same thing. I host podcasts. I am on panels. I come across as very outgoing and such, but a lot of times I have a lot of social anxiety and when that happens, you know, especially being at Dragon Con or something, there's times when I am by myself or, you know, I'm not with friends or I'm not with family or whatever I'm with and I'm by myself and you try to go see people and you feel like, oh, they're already talking to people or they're clicky or, you know, stuff like that. And I feel sometimes very awkward going up and just talking to people like that. And it's just, it's tough. It is tough, really. And, you know, yeah, Dragon Con, it's it's my big family. It's like, it's like a huge geek family reunion for me. And that's why, like, last year I hung out a lot at, you know, over at the Classic Track. And I was with friends because I knew they would, people would be there that I knew. And, you know, I didn't want to just, be hanging by myself these were and there were topics that i was interested in and then i started talking to other people and then the comfort came back but it does get into that period and or anything and it's it's a form of anxiety that i suffer from and it's just it's something that you know a lot of people go through especially when you know you're with eighty thousand people that sometimes does get overwhelming and it's, you know, there's so many people there and so many people are with other people and you're just like looking at it and going, oh, wow, who are these people? Do I want to, you know, I'd like to talk to them, but sometimes even just getting up the courage to even go up and talk to these people is too much for some, some of us. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, yes, Mary? and it gets tough. What's up, Mary? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. Uh, I was no. just going to say that this is such an interesting question because, and I'll try not to touch on too many things that you guys have already said, but it depend. I think that this depends so much on how you choose to experience Dragon Con because as we've said in the past, there are so many ways to experience the convention and people who choose to partake in totally different activities from other people. Like for instance, I don't go to a single panel all week. Like I don't go to panels. Dragon Con is almost exclusively a social activity for me. And I know that that's not everyone's experience. So for me personally, I don't think I would go to Dragon Con alone because the point of it is to have fun with my friends for me. And going alone, I wouldn't enjoy that, but I don't really enjoy going anywhere alone. (laughs) So, you know, take that into account. But also I think if you're the kind of person that wants to spend all day in panel rooms and wants to, you know, really like 
engage in that part of the convention, I think maybe it would be doable by yourself, depending on your level of comfort. So I don't recommend Dragon Con as a first convention for people purely because there are so many choices to be made at every hour of the day that it can, you know, not to use that word again, but like it can be really overwhelming and make you just want to go home. (laughs) And like, I would recommend trying out a smaller, more local convention where you can maybe meet some people in your area and then go to Dragon Con with them. Um, And because you can miss out on so many things, like there are so many parts of Dragon Con that I just don't know anything about or that I wouldn't have known anything about if one of my friends hadn't told me about it. Like you have to be really engaged with the scheduling and the website and the Facebook and like all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot to miss. And I think you may have a more engaging and more fulfilling experience if you know some people, but I'm also an extreme extrovert. So if none of that stuff applies to you, then don't listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things I wanted to definitely touch on is the safety factor. Obviously, there's safety in numbers. Uh, do you guys feel that Dragon Con is a pretty much a safe environment, or is it is it something that you know you wouldn't recommend someone go alone? So I wouldn't recommend you go to Dragon Con alone for safety reasons, or to any other convention alone for safety reasons. Like I don't personally find Dragon Con to be any more dangerous for a person on their own than any other kind of activity you might participate in by yourself. Uh, Dragon Con attendees do tend to be pretty good about taking care of their own, but like, you know, you can't always depend on other people, unfortunately. So if being alone in that kind of environment is a place where you feel safe, then I would say, you know, go for it. Um, but if being alone is unsafe for you, then don't do it. Yeah, I mean, Dragon's huge in a, in a microcosm of uh, the city outside. Um, it's not just Dragon Con that you're interacting in. You're interacting with the city of Atlanta. So if you're coming alone, you're driving in alone, or, or all those things, all the urban safety rules apply. Um, and you And you have to enforce those. Walking to your car... Did you park your car in a dark parking lot to to save 10 bucks on parking? You might want to leave before dark then to get to your car and leave the con that night. Um, All that kind of stuff applies. Meet people and get comfortable with people and go with people in a group. That's okay. But the second your spidey sense starts to tingle, it's time to say goodnight. And you'll see them tomorrow at the con. And if anyone reacts negatively to that, your spidey sense is right. No, agree totally completely agree. with that. So you you go to a con, have a lot of time, and have a lot of fun, but at the same time, you have to keep your wits about you, which is why we preached year after year, before you get to the con, know your limits for alcohol. Know when your body feels weird, and it shouldn't. Know all those things. Bartenders in hotels are, are trained to help people get out of some situations. Take advantage of that. Okay. The problem with that though is it's so many people at the con and the bartender is serving so many people, you know, he can't keep track of everybody. Well, that's that's right. true too. But then there's always con security. There's hotel security. 
there are other people around. If you feel like you're in a situation that's problematic, there are ways to try to get some help to you. Exactly. You can run into the bathroom. Oh, exactly. And the thing is there are enough people there and 90% of it, all of the people are good eggs. Mm -hmm. You know, if they see something bad happening, some drunk or somebody from outside or somebody who is just taking advantage of something, somebody will step in. I've seen it. Yeah. Multiple times at the con. Yeah. And I would also say, like Darren mentioned, that Dragon Con is not the place to take risks or to learn what your alcohol tolerance is. Like if you're new to that or, you know, any, any of that kind of stuff, there's going to be enough variables going on that you don't want to take any risks that you're not used to. If that makes sense, whether that's number of people that you're going to allow yourself to be around, number of people you're going to allow yourself to talk to, number of drinks you're going to have, any of that kind of stuff. You want to try to keep within your comfort zone um, because there are going to be things outside your control going on. I mean, even if nudity kind of sends you for somewhat, whatever reason, into kind of an anxiety level that you can't handle, you need to leave the con by dark. Because, oh, very because costumes so. are going to be less and less covered. I mean, you'll still have to cover everything because it is, you know, public indecency <laughs> rules, you know. But if if seeing too much naked flesh is going to trigger you for whatever personal reason you have, you should leave the con by dark. Because that's yeah. usually when those types of costumes hit the floor. I also think, yes, I mean, this, there's, you know, looking at it from you know, social or going to the events or going to panels or interacting with celebrities, that kind of thing. That's one thing to do by yourself. But as we pointed out, Dragon Con is spread out. It's across the city. If you just want to get from, you know, the, uh, the dealer room area to the Sheridan, that's a trip that, you know, you might not be comfortable taking, uh, alone. Um, especially as it gets dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's definitely, and, you know, obviously it's cheaper if you don't go alone, like so many ways, whether you've got, you know, whether you're talking about your, um, your hotel or, you know, food or anything like that. I mean, obviously, you know, being in, in, in groups or something or you know, at least hooking up with, uh, you know, some people that, you know, online and, and meeting them around, uh, you know, certain events, it's going to help you like manage a budget better, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that because, and not to sound cold or anything, but Dragon Con has gotten a lot cheaper for me since William has grown up. <laughs> you know, I know it's hard, it's hard to say that, but, you know, now that William is an adult and, you know, he goes with his friends and I go, you know, with Judy usually, and but we room with other people and that cuts down the cost for us. Uh-huh. You know, on the hotel, that cuts the price right in half for us. And, you know, the minimum, minimum, folks, for a hotel room at Dragon Con is at least $200 a night. At least. You know, at, at least. least. For one of the hosts. For one of the, the host hotels are all start higher. Yeah. Ex- well, exactly. The host hotels, you know, you're getting close to almost 300 a night. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Even more so, yeah. And for those of us who are there six nights, it, and I go by myself. I don't have roommates. It's just me. So, I mean, that's 
that's me taking on that that entire budget at cost. It, it is it is not as cheap as it was twenty years no. ago uh, on the show, you know. But it, it, it's a very real thing, and that's that's just you know the state of the economy because hotels can do this now, and they're doing it. I mean, when the Super Bowl was here in town a couple weeks ago, uh, we thought really? it was worse at the bad. same hotels for the yeah. game. Yeah. Wasn't it like seven hundred dollars a night or something like that? A thousand. Wow. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. really surprised yep. by that. Same hotels, they were all most most of those were four digit uh, cost per night. And that hotel made those hotels made yeah, a lot did. of money on yeah, those nights. Well, you figure they're, re- they're ready for the well, Super Bowl to come figure, back. Exactly. Exactly. When you go to the Super Bowl, that's a thousand dollar ticket almost. True. Like on, on uh-huh. average, right? Um, the low end ticket was seventeen hundred. So I'm not saying I did my research for this. I really wanted to go, and I was like, oh. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to complain about Dragon Con as much. I'm, you know, I still am because the reality is of the cost. But you know, when you start comparing these things, like, well, I guess, I guess just that's just the way things are now. This sucks. (laughs) So those of you who have roommates, yeah, if you can do roommates, do roommates. For me, I don't like sharing my space. It's my, it's my fortress of solitude. It's my decompression space. Uh, So I need that room by myself, you know, or if I have a partner with me. But yeah, no, by by all means. If, if you're willing to room with people, room with people. No, and I completely understand that because I was the same way for a few years. And it was just like, I just need my space. It's my time to get away from things because Judy never came down for all the nights. And so I was there a couple nights by myself and it was just perfect to be able to get away from people and just like, ah, but then I got the bill at the end of the stay. Like, it's like, wow. Yeah. It's like roommates. Great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so I don't think, just to wrap up, I don't think any of us are saying don't come alone. No. But I think there's a lot no. that you have to uh, research yeah, yeah. first. I think you've just got to know yourself and know what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and researching and planning. Yeah, yeah. If you are the type of person who travels alone and shows up in a city by yourself and, and you're happy doing that, you're going to be fine doing the exact same thing at Dragon Con. It's its own community for five days. But if you're the kind of person that, you know, does a lot of planning when you travel out of town and you kind of want to know some things, you're going to need to do that same amount of research for this convention. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, the, the good news is no one's going to stare at you in the Peace Free Center um, mall if you're eating by yourself. They're just going to ask you, is that seat taken? Yeah. And that's a great way to meet people, actually. Exactly. Exactly. That's the way to make friends. <laughs> and and dare I say, we can all offer our services. If someone needs a safe spot or someone to talk to or needs help or needs to reach out, I think uh, I think all of us are willing to do that. Of course. Like, and Mike Gordon has a table up at yep. the Artist Alley. Absolutely. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it, yes, if you need a safe spot to go, uh, if you can get there, especially yeah. on Saturday. Um, I would say <laughs> one, one thing before we do wrap up about this, the, yes. I forgot to mention like the dancing and the party atmosphere. Mm-hmm. For someone who has an issue with lighting and lighting effects, you might want to check with um, the security before you go into a party space. They might have some strobe light effects or something uh, going on that might just cause you to be a little wacky oh and especially I would say if you're going to go into seizures. one of the major ballrooms at night and definitely the band is going on assume there's going to be some kind of flashy light maybe not a strobe effect but the, the you know they put a lot of money into their lighting rigs yeah. for these spaces and the night techs like to show them off so yeah so yeah, that's a that's a yeah. really solid observation indeed they do <laughs> 
Absolutely. Well, that's why you guys are here. And that's why I love talking to you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, great talk. And uh, now we're going to pause just for a little bit. And then we're going to uh, talk with Jennifer Adams, who is not coming to Dragon Con by herself. And this is not her first time at all. Welcome back, everyone. And now we have with us joining us for the first time, Jennifer Adams from the Blurred Nerd Podcast. Jen, welcome to the station. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and we're excited to have you here. We are very excited to have you here. I uh, I met you, I think, last year at Dragon Con. Yes, I came up and found you in Artist Alley. Absolutely. And, and uh, we chatted for a bit. And yes, right away I knew this is someone that I wanted to talk to this year on the Dragon Con Report. Now, for those people who may not be familiar with you, uh, tell us first a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, as I said, my name is, uh, Jen. A lot of people in the convention scene know me as little bit. Uh, I've been going to Dragon Con since 2010. That was my first year. Have not missed a year since. Uh, I'm live in San Antonio, Texas. I am part of the music scene here. I have a radio show uh, that plays uh, roots and rockabilly music on the, on commercial radio every week. And I host a Rockabilly and Roots live music series called the Hayride Hop every Monday night here in town. Before that, I hosted a swing dance night at the same venue, same night, uh, since 2008 until this past December. And I am a podcast host for the Blurred Nerd Podcast. And we have a TV version of that show called GBTV, where we go to conventions and interview the guests, uh, attendees, cosplayers the organizers of the conventions, and I'm a costumer on the side and an occasional vendor at conventions as well. Goodness, I don't think you do enough. <laughs> well, that's that's the nerdy things. Like, there's so much more. <laughs> I have, like, seven jobs. It's a lot. It's a you lot. sound like I, you've got a lot of time on your hands. Um, time, energy, like, it's, I have to have it. There's there's not an alternative. Now I'm even super impressed you were able to find time to join us tonight. So, um <laughs> Um, well, you said that you start your, so your first Dragon Con was 2010, right? Correct. Um, so actually, so this coming year will be your 10 year anniversary, right? Yes. Awesome. Congratulations on that. They, you don't get a special badge or anything. I'm sorry. I know, I know, but I can, I can tell people <laughs> I've been going for a decade. So. Yes. Yes. That's always cool. Um, what was it about, okay, so what drew you, if you can recall, what drew you to your first Dragon Con? Why did you go? Did you heard about it beforehand? That kind of thing. So I can recall it in great detail. Uh, <laughs> I was still a touring musician at the time, and I was playing a wedding in Maryland. Someone from here in San Antonio was getting married there, and her fiance surprised her by booking me for her wedding. And one of her wedding guests was also from here, but brought a date who lives in New Jersey and introduced us to my first day there. I was like, hi, this is Jen. She's a nerd. She loves Firefly. Talk to her. You'll like her. And we bonded immediately. She was getting ready to go to Dragon Con herself and told me all about it. And you hear that noise? I live by the airport. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, and we kept in touch, and she kept telling me I needed to join her and basically didn't give me a choice for the following year. So uh, it was my first out-of-state convention. I, I flew up there by myself, 
met her. We went and stood in line for three and a half hours to get her badges because that was still going on then. That certainly was. And and it changed my life. As soon as we got through that debacle of the line and walked in to the Marriott, the hub, I, I really started tearing up because I had never felt so normal and like I belonged somewhere so much in my life before. And I, I still get that same feeling every single year after I get my badge and walk in to the, to the crowd and the host. It's, it's the, I talk about it literally every day of the year, every year, uh, and make plans for it every day. It's, it's the, the thing I look forward to the most. I talk about it so much. I've now gotten 13 other people from San Antonio who join me every year. Wow. Very nice. So you're the problem that you're the reason why there's so <laughs> many more people. Well, apparently, cause you know, they all started joining me about four years ago. So, <laughs> so what is it about dragon con? What do you like doing? Do you, are you uh, a panel person, celebrity person, a uh, costumer? What, uh, what do you engage in at dragon con? It's evolved over the years. I'd say the, the first couple of years I was going, I was definitely more into what celebrities would be there. Because uh, I, I found it a unique experience where, you're, especially in the Walk of Fame, you actually had a chance to have a conversation with some of the guests. Um, unless it was like somebody huge, you know, somebody like Patrick Stewart, they're kind of moving your line along. Um, but in the general Walk of Fame, most of the guests, you're, you're able to talk to them for a couple of minutes. And sometimes they want to keep you engaged in the conversation even longer. Uh, so I found that to be a cool uh, experience to get to have. Uh, and I was a, I was a baby customer when I started going, I look back at pictures now. I'm like, I thought I put together cool costumes, but I so didn't <laughs> like, I just looked like I was going out to a goth party, mainly my first couple of years, but the other costumers at Dragon Con really inspired me to the point that I went out and learned how to sew. I learned how to start making uh, props and do lighting in the costumes and working with foam and leather. And I've slowly improved my skills every year. So really, I'd say the past seven years, I've been more focused on costumes to the point where like I bring eight to 10. Wow. That's, that's significant. Uh, like I don't want to bring that many. <laughs> I really, I stress out about it every year, but it ends up happening. It just, it ends up happening. And they've not been repeat costumes either. It's been wait, new wait. ones. So, so. A timeout. So you do, you bring seven or eight new, yes. uh, new costumes that you've never worn before, at least never worn to Dragon Con before Dragon Con every, every year. year. Yeah. Um, wow, that is impressive. And I keep some of them like I keep saying like I'm gonna you know redo it because I have more skills now, and that I would wear it again another year, but I end up just getting excited about a different idea, um, and then I'm always pressed for time to finish this many costumes and then figure out how to get it from San Antonio to Atlanta. And this year, like I have a totally different plan. I I am trying just to bring four. Now, have you already figured out what costumes you're wearing this year? Um, somewhat. Like I, I, I made a new costume in October for a convention here called Alamo City Comic Con, um, and uh, 
it was just a quick thing I threw together, but like I see potential there. So I want to upgrade it, make it better and bring that. Cause I had a lot of fun doing the costume. And, uh, I have one from last year that I debuted at Dragon Con that I, I want to redo a coat on it and make some slight improvements and bring that back for a second year. Um, and then I have one that's kind of like a goofy casual costume that I'm, I'm me and a friend are going to do, but that like, that's about, that's really all that's circling in my head right now. Like I have a list like of 20 costumes. I eventually want to do one day, but I really just think I need to take it easy. <laughs> this, this convention, because you know, it, it took four years till I made it to my first panel. Wow. Oh, because, you know, I was just running around and trying to do too much of either nighttime events or costuming that I just never made it to a panel. And then one year I was like, I'm going to panels every day. And I did. And enjoyed them a lot. And then started picking like a different main event I wanted to try each year, uh, which I've successfully been able to do like. Last year was my first time to make it to the late night puppet slam and the, uh, the uh, kilt blowing. Uh, and now I'd really like to be able to do those every year because both were great. And I was so bummed I'd waited so long <laughs> to go. Well, to. I know the puppet slam is not easy to get into. So. Well, I stay in the Westin and this was this past year is the first oh, year right. they okay. moved it to the Westin. Uh, so it was in one of the huge ballrooms. So I had the l- luck of being able to you know, just go downstairs and try and get in line. And and I'd already heard that you needed to line up like an hour and a half early anyway from when it was at the Hyatt. So we, we were down there in plenty of time and got it right center uh, about 10 rows back. Uh, so I was very, very pleased. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if the room was bigger at the Westin than it was before. Maybe that's the case. Uh, but they could, man, they have the getting the crowd in that room and in the seats down to a science and they are drill sergeants because they are not playing around. So what, uh, so since, uh, we're, you know, nine years of Dragon Con, I imagine you have lots of, of great stories. Is there any one or two that in particular of great moments that you've had over the years at Dragon Con? Uh, let's see one moment that always pops in my head is, uh, a few years ago, me and my my big entourage <laughs> that comes from here, we made matching Marriott carpet kimonos to be like a casual costume. And, you know, like really nice silk kimonos for girls and guys. I got wood samurai swords and wrapped them in the fabric so that they would match. And we went to dinner on Wednesday night at Trader Vic's because that's our tradition. We, we check into the hotels on Wednesday and we, we do a big group dinner at Trader Vic's that night because you can still enjoy the full menu before the craziness of the con kicks in. And when we walked in for our reservation and got sat and they were leading us through the restaurant, like everybody in there started cheering and clapping. And the carpet, you know, had already been gone for two years at that point. So it just it made you feel like, you're a veteran and people recognize, you know, it's the end. I guess the end joke really is when you, when you recognize the carpet, you know, you've been going to con <laughs> for true. a certain amount of yes. time and it kind of makes you feel like you, you have a special connection with a stranger. Um, 
so that that was a just a feel good moment and uh another moment that sticks out was uh my first year there uh we were walking through the crowd at night in the marriott super crowded of course because it's party night and somebody bumps into me really hard and spilt my drink and it was craig ferguson from eureka i believe that's his last name um the sheriff from eureka sure sure and and and, you know he's very apologetic was just like well you kind of owe me a drink now and then the lady who played his uh assistant uh deputy uh-huh. balcony above and she started uh harassing him about bumping into people shouting down at him and knocking people's drinks over so it was just a cool little pass by run-in moment uh and then a few years ago we did a pub crawl with aaron douglas and he had a few of the other Battlestar galactic people join in along the trek it was a, a pub crawl for charity and that was really fun too, just getting, you know, to hang out with people you, whose work you admire and act like normal people and end up at karaoke parties. And uh, so it's just cool little happenstance moments that you get at a con that's 24 hours a day, pretty much, that you're, you're not going to get that somewhere else. Yeah, those are, those are real, actual, like, dragon, only at Dragon Con moments. Yes. So. Yeah, I don't, because I don't, I've never heard of any other convention where the guests feel just as comfortable going out in the evening to kick back and relax and have fun, have some drinks, uh, as the regular attendees do. Because for the most part, if celebrities out after the Walk of Fame hours, people might say hi, you know, love your work, but they're not going to follow them around like paparazzi or something. But these the celebrities can act like a normal person person and party celebrities like to drink too <laughs> yes <laughs> and in a crowd of yes. people and 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 they like to look at the costumes and see how crazy it gets so absolutely well um very cool uh it was very cool to touch base with you hopefully we'll get a chance to maybe talk again later this year and certainly uh see you at this year's dragon con but in the meantime if people want to check out some of your costumes or just check out your podcast where should they go uh so you can find a lot of my costumes um on facebook at little bit odd that's l-i-l-b-i-t-o-d-d and uh my Podcast, the Blurred Nerds podcast. We're under Blurred Nerds podcast on Facebook or Geek Avengers Television. Awesome. Well, we will have show uh, links to those in our show notes. So um, thanks for joining us this month. Thank we you. really appreciate having you on the show. Um, thank you so much. I'm just ecstatic. <laughs> Long time listener, first time caller. Very cool to be able to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you. And now we have joining us writer James Palmer, who is no stranger to Dragon Con. In fact, uh, earlier in the show, you heard that he has been, once again, been made a guest for this year's show. Welcome to the station, James. Hi, Mike and Mike. Thanks for having me. I love listening to the Dragon Con report. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I've seen you at the convention many times and now it's always a treat uh congratulations 
congratulations on getting guest status once again this year. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's actually attending pro, but I'll take what I can get. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, even that's like, <laughs> look, it, it, I never take it for granted. Never take it for granted. I, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, um, I don't take it for granted either. I've, you know, I've been guests before too. Um, but every year it's a surprise. I'm, I'm glad they'll have me in any capacity. So let's talk about your experience with DragonCon. What was the first year that you that you went to DragonCon? The first year was ninety seven. Okay, that's yeah, that's quite a while yeah. ago. Um, was it as a on a professional capacity or as a fan or what were you doing? There? It was it was just as a fan. I had always heard of it, and I'd, I'd been hearing about it for several years, and I had always wanted to go. Um, and I I was able to. Uh, con my then girlfriend, now my wife, to go with me um, down there to to check it out. Really didn't know a whole lot about what was going on. Uh, it was at the Inform Convention Center that year. Oh, that yeah. year. <laughs> so, oh yeah. So that was an interesting oh, yeah. year. So uh, we just wanted to go check it out. I can't remember. Did they do that twice, or was it just? I think it was once? just the once. I had to look. Look it up because I'm not. I'm bad at remembering. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've been to so many. It's it, yeah. It kind yeah. of all blurs together. Um, and it, um, so so, what did you think? What what was how was that experience for you? Were you a, like a DragonCon fan for life? Yeah, I, I had I had wanted to go back. It was um, not quite what I expected because I I don't think I got to really experience the full con. We only went for one day. Um, and I felt like there was a lot more of it that we weren't seeing. Um, you know, this was this was kind of um, before there was a lot of stuff about it on the Internet. You know, they used to just send out those newsprint progress report things. Um, yep. So I, I felt like I missed a lot of it. Um, and I, I vowed to return. It was another two or three years before we went back. Um, so I've been going off and on since 97. Okay. Okay. Now, when was your first experience getting in as a attending pro or guest or behind the scenes in a <clears throat> professional capacity? Let's say. Oh gosh, that was probably around 2000. I think okay. 2000, 2001, I think it was the first time I was actually a guest. Now, was that a, I mean, how different of an experience was that for you? Did you have a, a, a complete different experience with the convention and, 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 and the way that uh, you interacted with it? Yeah, it, it, it felt a lot different uh, to me. For, for one thing, guests can get into the, uh, the guest suite um, instead of just making use of the con suite, which is, which is really nice. Um, and I was I was able to kind of um, experience the con as a as a as a writer, a newbie though I was, um, and you know getting to meet and kind of starting my first tenuous networking with other writers and stuff. It was it was great. It was it was kind of like kind of like I always wanted it to feel like like kind of like I'm working the show. Um, I- that's fun for me. As far as as, far as, as being as, you know being a, a writer, does does Dragon Con help you? 
Like in what, how, what ways does it help you as a, uh, as a writer? <clears throat> well, I, I think it certainly helps with networking. Um, the, the things I've done, the things I've written, uh, the things I've published, I don't think would happen without Dragon Con um, or would have happened without Dragon Con. I met, um, I met Van Plexico there and he got me into uh, uh, the, the, the pulp group, the pulp factory. Uh, he introduced me to those guys. Um, I met uh, just, you know, being able to submit relationships on Facebook after you meet people in person. Um, the, the stuff I'm publishing with, with Falstaff books, um, that's all because of Dragon Con. Yeah, Hartness is, is a, that's yes. Hartness's, right? And he's he's got a huge presence. He certainly right? does. He certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I'm I'm telling anything out of school, but uh the the Western Bar area is is a very very fertile place for writers to hang. Yes. Uh and I I probably am telling tales out of school, but a lot of the uh the bigger name writer guests um that get their rooms comped, they're usually put up in the Western. So yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot of writer stuff going on after hours, a, a lot of deals being made, a lot of, uh, hey, will, will you write for my anthology kind of stuff. Now, do you find that, uh, okay, so getting published, networking, do you find that it helps with uh, getting readers? Um, it can. Um, I think just... But I, I think you have to you have to go a lot, and you have to do if you're going to meet readers that way. You have to go to a lot of other cons too. Um, you just have you have to be a known quantity. Um, Dragon Con's a little bit different just because it's so big, so huge. Um, there's so many other things and other people, other writers vying for people's attention and and their wallets. Um, it, it can be hard to get noticed. Um, it's just something you have to just, you have to stick with it and you have to get on, you know, panels where you can kind of organically naturally talk about your um, stuff. I, I, uh, I think last year, you know, I, I hand sold, you know, several books in between panels and I hardly ever do that. I, I don't bring a lot of stock with me. Uh, just because I don't have a table and it's too hard to drag that stuff around and you only sell a couple of copies. Man, I wish they, I, I know <laughs> I've heard rumblings, you know, once in a while about ever so often about them entertaining the notion of doing some sort of writer's alley, you know, for writers to, to hang yeah. out with so they can sell books, but as a, it, it yeah. just hasn't happened. And unfortunately I think, I think that would be great because I know several writers that would, would love to participate in something. Yeah. And it, I, I would too. And it was either the, it was either the military SF track or the high fantasy track last year did a thing like that just for a couple of hours, one evening, uh, in, in one of the ballrooms, I think in the, in the Hyatt, they were able to do that. Um, I, I I didn't get to go, but I'm, I'm going to try to get on track for that this year. But yeah, a writer's alley would be just tremendous. Um, somewhere away from the dealer's room and uh, um, just, just for authors, I think it would be great. They wouldn't have so much comp, you know, things competing for their attention. For people 
people's yes. attention then. Right. And there and there'd be one spot that you know that they would be. So like if you wanted to see Van Allen Plexico or or the award winning Bobby Nash or yourself, it'd be like, okay, I know that they're gonna be here. Right. You don't have to like look in the app you down at every panel you know so, exactly so um that would be great now also i found uh and this is even before i started being a guest there when i was you know doing whatever i found that dragon con going to panels interacting with people really helped my creative juices get flowing like really was inspirational <laughs> in terms of getting me motivated to want to participate to to want to do something do you do you find that as well absolutely um there's there's something about being around um i i think for for us because we're both writers even though for different media i think being around different media and different kinds of creativity uh everything from the cosplayers um to you know, the comic book artists or the guys selling posters or t-shirts or whatever. Um, yeah, there's, there's something very much to be said for that kind of, I guess, cross pollination. Um, that, yeah, I, when I get home, I'm ready to hit the keyboard again. <laughs> I, it takes me a while. Cause you have to, you have to like recover. Yeah. And sometimes that can take weeks that's true that, that yeah especially especially at our age i'm you know i'm i'm not as i'm not as old as i used to be oh yeah really i know what that means oh jeez so um now as far as uh you know have there been any moments in your past uh dragon hunt experiences that stand out in particular for you well i always you know somebody will ask me um what was your favorite dragon con and i always say the one that just passed um they they, they all they all kind of run together I, I i've had some great moments uh you know meeting meeting harlan ellison um wow, briefly yeah. uh, getting to interview robert j sawyer um i've interviewed him twice at dragon con uh once it was just us and then and two years ago i did it as part of a we did a, I set up, I got a panel set up for it. Um, last year was a banner year, uh, in, in a lot of ways, both personally and professionally for me. Um, a lot of really cool stuff happened that never happens to me at Dragon Con happened last year. Um, just kind of, you know, celeb, weird celebrity encounters that all these other people talk about that I never, that never happens to me. Um, you know, selling, selling books in between panels. Um, my, my buddy, Jim Beard, I don't know if you met him. I think we were at dinner, right? That's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. At, um, the, the Irish place. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, somebody wants to do a car, a monster earth card game. So we've got that in the works. I, I met that guy there. Um, just, you know, stuff like that, just, you know, meeting other authors, um, the, the years blur together, you know, when stuff happened after a while, but, uh, um, yeah, 2018 was one for the record books for sure. Well, and yeah, we're looking ahead to 2019 now, now, now that you're officially, uh, an attending pro, 
Uh, do you have any plans? You don't have to tell me what they are if you don't want, but do you have any tentative plans right now of how you're going to attack 2019 or is a lot of things, you still got um, a lot of things up in the air? As, as far as projects, I think things are still a little bit up in the air. I, I'm, I'm trying to just get as much done as I can um, before then. I just uh, yesterday finished a novel. Um, that it's it's going to be a trilogy. I want to have the trilogy done the first half of this year. That's what I'm trying to do is get the most stuff I can done the first half of the year um, because next thing you know, it's like June and the year's half over and I haven't done anything. Um, so if I can, if I can get this stuff done and it'll be out, um, I've got one more novella to write for Falstaff. Um, and then I'll, so I'll have, I'll have four novellas with them. The third one is done, but it's, it hasn't been published yet. Um, so I'll have that going. Um, and hopefully some bigger news on the Monster Earth front. I'm, I'm, we're going to do a third volume, and I'm going to get new covers for the first two and to match to go with the third volume. Um, but all that's still up in there. That's that's you know because of money. Um, are there are there any are there any like ideas for panels or events that that are going to happen at DragonCon that you already know that? you're going or pretty sure you're going to be participating in, or even as a fan, is there anything that you're looking forward to? There is a, um, there is one panel that I know about because I got invited to be on it. Um, but it's super secret because it's a surprise for another guest. Um, and, and it's someone you guys know, um, but I, I can't say any more than that. Um, Fair enough. You know, I, I've I've pitched some ideas to Sue Phillips um, at the SF Lit track, and then of course Joe and Gary at the um, Sci Fi Classics track. Um, but I haven't heard one way or the other if we're if we're going to do any of that stuff. I'd like to do a fiction of Harlan Ellison panel um, because he you know he passed. We did a real yeah. panel, but it was. Uh, you know, Peter, David, and his wife were on there, and there was just a lot of just personal reminiscences of them hanging out with him and and stuff. So I, I want to do something about his fiction. Um, if I can get my butt in gear and get my stuff together, I want to plan an indie author dinner um, for my fellow author friends um, to do. Maybe probably the the, the Friday of the con, maybe. Um, we'll have to s just see how that goes. I don't even have a hotel, so it makes planning that stuff uh, a little bit difficult. <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, gosh. So, um, yeah, I mean, things right now are still in flux or still up in the air. They don't really solidify until maybe, maybe June or July. And, and then again, for sure, when the schedule comes out. Absolutely. Well, even then. Right. You know, so uh, as we like to say, as we like to say, don't, you know, you never know something, if something's really going to happen at DragonCon till after it happens. And exactly. then maybe not even. So, um, well, very cool. Well, it's been great having you join us. Um, and certainly as things develop, uh, please let us know. Uh, we certainly want to help uh, promote, uh, you know, you and all your projects as well as, you know, your, your, uh, 
time at Dragon Con this year. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. We're, real quick, uh, it, where can people go to find out more about you, your books online? Um, <clears throat> my website is jamespalmerbooks.com. They can, uh, best place to reach me these days is on Facebook. I'm at James Palmer Writer. Um, I have an, if anybody out there is an indie author, I have a group called Indie Authors at Dragon Con. Um, you can, they can search that and sign up for that. And I'll, I'll try to have some meetups and things, um, planned hopefully. Um, but you know, we, we get to know each other on there and, you know, uh, Check me out on Amazon. My newest uh, book is from Falstaff. It's called Shadows Over London. And it's actually on the Nebula Award uh, recommended reading list. Congratulations on that, man. I was so happy. Thanks. I appreciate it. I I was shocked, (laughs) to say the (laughs) least. That's so awesome. Well, very cool. Well, I'm glad that, uh, like I said, you reached out to us. I'm glad we had you on. And uh, yeah, uh, we will, um, you know, we will see you at the convention, if not sooner. Definitely. I will definitely see you guys there. And so now we draw close to our second episode of the 2019 Dragon Con Con Report. A big thanks to everyone for joining us on this episode. Writer James Palmer, uh, also Jennifer Adams from the Blurred Nerds podcast, um, and of course our guest here at the station, Chris. Thank you for for joining us again. It's been, like I said, way too long, man. But that, that happens. Uh, we, we are a culture of people who easily slip away, but when we come back together, it's like no time has passed. So thank you guys for having me here. <laughs> That's how very Dragon Con like, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, so where can people check out like what you're doing, what you're up to, what you're going to be up to? Where can you recommend people uh, go online? For, for me, like my, my own personal stuff, I don't have a lot of personal projects outside of Dragon Con, uh, but I am developing something for Dragon Con that's very much in the early works, so keep an eye out for that announcement before the convention. Ooh, definitely we'll keep us posted on that, sir. Look at that mystery. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you, guys. And Mary, it's great to have you back with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, uh, um, I, I take it. I know uh, I, I, I've asked this before, but I take it there's been no uh, like active costume making yet. No, no, not yet, but okay. uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Well, we'll touch base with you next month, of course. Of course, great. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. Oh, you're welcome anytime. Awesome to have you with us once again. That's awesome to be had once again. <laughs> of course. Thank you, Director Favor, because none of this would be possible without you. Of course. I'm the one who hits record. Absolutely. It's always and a blast this, to talk to you. And releases this to the masses, we should say. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, all 10 of you to listen. It's awesome. Well, uh, as I've said many times before, we try to cover all we can with these specials. But to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official Dragon Con website and social media outlets, especially their Facebook page. Uh, All the tracks are active on uh, Facebook and various social media as well. So check on them. Actually, a lot of them I've noticed right now are open to volunteers and panel ideas. So if you've got some way that you want, you've got interest in participating, uh, feel free to just join up and and check that out now. Um, 
As far as this podcast, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher. Uh, ESO Network even has an Instagram account. Uh, we want you to be part of the station, part of the discussion, so please feel free to join us. Be sure to check out also, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, our Amazon link as well as our link to the T Public Store and the ESO Network page. We really do appreciate all your support. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure to see you at the time. Can we be there? Oh, just think of the time. Art and love so strange. Said you never know. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.